The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. You know, we always do something a bit different here. So as you listen to the show, we post the most relevant content on our social media channels. So while you're listening, follow us on the Pet Buzz on Twitter, Facebook, and or Instagram. So what's on the show today, Doc? Well, on the show today, we are talking about non-surgical forms of contraception for cats and dogs with Joyce Briggs, the president of the Alliance for Contraception in Cats and Dogs. Yeah, that sounds kind of interesting, right? Real interesting. Okay, but that's later on in the show, right? Yep. Okay, so in segment three, we're visiting with Dr. Seth Myers, the relationship expert at eHarmony. He's talking to us about how our furry friends are our best chances to meet our life partner. Hmm. And in segment three, we're also talking about racism. Well, wait, this is a pet show. Well, we're overloaded with talks of racism. So -hmm. in our global pet news section, we're going to find out just exactly what I'm talking about. Hmm. And our celebrity news is going to be interesting. It's about Caesar Milan, who Charlotte happened to meet in Las Vegas. Also in segment two, we're talking about Super Zoo and the newest pet product Charlotte sniffed out on the trade show floor. And for cat lovers, we are talking about feline leukemia. So joining us today is Dr. Jillian Anglis. She is a clinical assistant professor, small animal medicine from the College of Veterinary Medicine, Western University of Health Sciences. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Pet Buzz, Dr. Anglis. Well, thank you so much for having me. So tell me, what's feline leukemia and why are there so many misconceptions about this virus? Feline leukemia is a virus that can insert itself ultimately into the DNA of infected cells in cats. And those cells will remain infected for life, and any new cells that develop from those cells also are infected. The thing is that not every infected cat will develop the same disease process or necessarily any disease process at all. And that seems to be the source of the misconception. Um, Some infected cats can develop very severe and life-threatening diseases, such as cancer, but some infected cats... um, that even test positive for the virus will never develop any illness associated with the disease. So how is it transmitted? Yeah, um, so the virus is shed in saliva and urine in infected cats. Um, So it's generally transmitted between cats through direct contact, especially associated with social behavior such as grooming, Uh, but it also can be transmitted with fighting or even biting, more aggressive type behavior. And then if there is a cat um, that's Uh, a mom, so a queen, she can transmit the virus to her kittens during pregnancy or during nursing. Okay. What what about the litter box? If you have a cat that is infected, it could be in the urine um, shed and potentially in the stool. Um, So if you had uninfected cats that were coming into there, 
they could become infected from that. Um, and so I think uh, we may talk about it in a little bit. It would be ideal to separate cats that are infected from non-infected, um, but always also keeping a nice clean litter box um, will help eliminate that risk as well. So is my cat at risk just having a cat, <laughs> one cat? I mean, for example, if I was at a friend's house whose cat had it, would I bring it into my home on my shoes or something? You guys are really thoughtful about this. Um, so if you have a cat that's inside and not exposed to other cats, the risk of exposure should be really low. And you bring up a very good point that if you're around another cat that is infected, could you bring home the virus on yourself? Um, the good news is that the virus doesn't live for very long in the environment, so that's not really direct enough contact uh, for it to be very likely to be transmitted. I would say if you are at your friend's house and you're petting their cat that's infected, I would probably wash my hands really well, um, you know, before going home and petting my own cat, and that should pretty much minimize the risk. Uh, but we do know that if you have a cat that um, you can maintain indoors, um, it's a lot less likely to develop the risk of the disease in the, in the long term. So if your cat has leukemia, well, what are the symptoms? What's it gonna, what, what illnesses are going to be shown? The feline leukemia virus can lead to a variety of different diseases in a cat, and there's no way to predict specifically what diseases might develop, if any at all. Um, and with each different disease, there are some different signs that we might recognize in a cat. So for an example, some of the most common associated diseases would be um, failure of the, the bone marrow to produce enough red blood cells, something we call anemia, some types of cancer, such as lymphoma, or just a generally suppressed immune system that might allow other infections to happen in the body. So I would recommend monitoring for any you know, non-specific signs of disease, unfortunately, things like a decreased appetite or weight loss, any change in activity level or lethargy, or other general signs of illness. And if you happen to see any of those, I would have your cat evaluated, and feeling leukemia virus may be one of the considerations in that assessment. That's great. I was getting a little confused because I, so obviously this disease manifests into diseases. It, the virus itself um, and when on initial exposure, you, you think like us, we get exposed to a cold virus in a few days, we're going to develop very specific and identifiable symptoms um, that we're all very familiar with. And the feline leukemia virus is different from that. When it initially gets into a cat's body, it generally is not going to cause illness. The illness develops by where the virus inserts its DNA into the cells. And when it does that, it can interrupt some of the normal mechanisms of cell health, and that's what can lead to the cancers and other diseases. Ah. Uh, so it's not a predictable timeline, um, and, and it tends to just trigger the development of other illnesses. Yeah, doctor, it's so interesting because as a practitioner, we'll diagnose leukemia early in life and really maybe not have any issues where it may be life-threatening till they're 11 or 12 years old. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And some of them may be hopefully not at all. Right. Huh, interesting. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Dr. Jillian Anglis about feline leukemia. So then how is the virus diagnosed? I mean, what kind of test? The diagnosis can be complicated because of the way the virus distributes and then infects some cells in the body. Uh, but most tests are simple for cats from the perspective that they're performed on blood samples. Um, the most of the tests that we perform are looking for the feline leukemia virus in that sample and frequently can be performed in a veterinarian's office or in an outside laboratory. 
Um, if that test is negative, though, that's looking specifically for the virus, it doesn't mean that the virus doesn't exist in the cat at all. It may actually have already integrated into the cell's DNA, and additional tests may be able to be performed that will be able to find that specific um, DNA presence. Sometimes kittens can be tested multiple times early in life just to establish their status. Yeah, as a practitioner, that's always difficult to explain to a pet owner about additional testing. Well, it's expensive, so people are like kind of freaked out about it, right? Yeah. So then how can we protect our cats from contracting the virus, just in general? The best method of protection would be preventing contact with infected cats. You can provide your cat an enriched indoor lifestyle that will prevent exposure from other cats outdoors. Um, That should eliminate the risk of infection. And so it also means that if you're bringing a new cat into the home, ideally we should test it first and know if it seems positive or not. And if able to, we should probably ideally separate infected and non-infected cats in the home. And there's some other options, though. There is a vaccine for feline leukemia virus. It's not what we would call a core vaccine um, in our, our practices. Typically, it's what we would call more of a lifestyle vaccine. So potentially cats that can be exposed, whether indoors or outdoors, we can employ this vaccine. Dr. Anglis, thank you so much for joining us today. That was particularly interesting and particularly important to our feline listeners. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you guys. Yeah, it was it was definitely a pleasure. I learned a lot. I did too. Well, that was Jillian Anglis, clinical professor of small animal medicine from College of Veterinary Medicine, Western University of Health Sciences. To learn more about our guest, check out Western nu.edu. Well, you know, you're listening to the Pet Buzz. Let's take a commercial break and come back with a celebrity pet scoop and a review of the pet industry trade show in Las Vegas. Charlotte went to Las Vegas to the trade show to sniff out the best new pet products and leading industry trends. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Hey, my name is Rory Diamond. I am the CEO of Canines for Warriors. We are the nation's largest provider of service dogs for disabled American veterans. And we are asking everyone to support Puppies Assisting Wounded Service Persons Act, House Bill 3130. Absolutely critical to do this. It will require the VA to help organizations like Canines for Warriors serve our disabled veterans with incredible life-saving service dogs and to recover from post-traumatic stress. Please contact the member of Congress to support Puppies Assisting Wounded Service Persons Act, House Bill 3130. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. 
She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPets. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. This show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm pet Charlotte Reed, one half of the duo. And the other half is... Veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, you know, here's the celebrity scoop. So, I don't know if I told you this, Dr. Fleck, but when I was in Las Vegas for five... No, actually a week. I was in Las Vegas for a week. I got to meet Caesar Milan at the ABC KTNV station. That's the ABC station in Las Vegas. Was that a good experience? You know, actually it was. I had met Caesar before because years ago I consulted for a company in New York and I had hired him for uh, a trade show that we were doing, kind of like an open to the public consumer show. But anyway, he was very nice. He was very happy. Of course, he had a large entourage of folks uh because he was on the show, his segment was taped, and he was on the show promoting his headlining tour. Hmm. So he's doing a new show this September at MGM Grand Hotel and Casino. It's called the Caesar Milan My Story Unleashed. Caesar Milan or Cher? Hmm. Uh, the sidebar, I went to see Cher when I was in Las Vegas. Well, anyway, this uh, Caesar Milan My Story Unleashed covers his life, including his beginnings in rural Mexico and how he shares his passion with other families. The show is going to run from September 12th to the 18th. I guess you could say it's a petite residency. The tickets run about 45 plus taxes and fees. I don't know. Would you see the show, Dr. Flack? Yeah, I think I would. If you were out there. If I was there. I yeah, wouldn't be like I traveling wouldn't, there for that show. No, I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd travel there for It would be something I'd take show. in. Yeah, sure. like if I was in Vegas, yeah. like I would definitely uh, see it. He's and I very think, interesting. Yeah, he's definitely interesting. I mean, you know, he got a celebrity start with the Jada Pinkett and Will Smith. Hmm. I don't know if you know that. He walked their dog and, you know, they asked him what he wanted to do to be famous. And then they hooked him up with Oprah. And then, you know. Hmm. Well, anyway, and now for our Super Zoo Review. Yeah. People know what Super Zoo is. Well, Super Zoo is a pet industry trade show. A large one. It's a huge one. It's like nine or ten football fields of product and all the best manufacturers are there. And even some of the worst. One of the two major ones in the United States every year. So this one happens to be in Las Vegas and it's. Four days of intense pet products. It's like you died and went to doggy and kitty heaven with all the products. So while you were there, you did a few TV segments, though, right? Yeah, I did. I did. Well, were, why don't you tell us about them? Well, it's interesting because the first day I did three TV segments on uh, the, C- the local CBS affiliate, KLAS. And I want to give a big shout out and much love to all my friends at KLAS. Yes. Um so I did a pet food roundup of, uh, you know, various pet foods, whether it's raw, whether it's rotation diets, which are really popular. And basically what that means is not giving your dog the same food meal after meal. So you're rotating. Maybe you do a kibble, but you rotate the proteins. Um, and so I showcased some Merrick pet food, um, some of their their uh, they have a pot roast food, Pappy's pot roast and, mm. and Grammy's uh 
pot, chicken pot pie. I'm beginning to yeah. salivate. Are you? Well, they're actually good. You never know. I might have served you some of that dog yeah, food now and then. Yeah, probably did. Uh, and cowboy, uh, the cowboy way pet food. So it's nice. And then we talked about uh, raw food and how you could have it raw and frozen and then freeze dried and why a lot of people are looking at that. Mm-hmm. They, they think that... Um, Especially the the raw diets um, contribute to better enzymes, intercellular moisture, and amino acids that they believe um, the enthusiasts say get destroyed in cooking. So the uh, what's really been popular is the freeze dried diets because they're easy to carry. They have great shelf life. You don't have to touch the product; you can just pour it into a bag. So that's kind of cool. And then you know, further on, we talked about what are some of the other new trends, um, including. Paleo, keto diets for pets, uh, microgreens, and get this, insects. Mm. Uh, crickets mm-hmm. are really going to be really popular. So those are kind of some of the, the trends that we talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what other categories stood out more than others? The, the CBD show. was the big <laughs> CBD. The CBD, because you know me. got the CBD, because you know me. I think people are, you know, treating their pets their health like they treat their pets so i mean cbd has you know has stories have been told that it helps with anxiety and stress and nausea and and various ailments um but there's really very little evidence-based research other than one you know we've had joe washlog on the show from cornell uh mm-hmm. with elvet sciences talking about the studies that they've done um but as you know uh cbd is still not regulated by the fda so you know you have to be careful very confusing right it's very confusing some vets believe in it and talk about it some vets don't want to hear anything about it and don't want to talk about it so i think that's kind no, of interesting Vets don't talk about it they're not supposed to Okay, well, that's according to who? The ADMA, the membership organization? No, according to your licensing board. Oh, okay, so it's according to the licensing board. Remember, you okay. used to be on the licensing I board. I was on the licensing yes. board in New York for nine years. Okay. So what about cat categories? Well, you know, the cat category was really interesting because Pet Rageous has licensed Grumpy Cat. So they've produced a line of clothing, mugs, scratchers, and bowls. Hmm. So that's really interesting. I'll make sure you put the pictures up. So if you're a Grumpy Cat lover, even though Grumpy Cat, a.k.a. Tartar Sauce, is dead, that memory of her lives on. You know, how she thought everything was, every day was a difficult day for Grumpy Cat. Right. So what about uh, pet tech products? Any new thing there? Yeah, you know, Wags has put uh, some new products on the marketplace. And one of the products that I'm really, really in love with, I have been since uh, they that I saw it a few years ago at CES, was they have a doggy door. It's a smart door. And, you know, the, the pet tech nerds at Wags created this door with everything in mind. So, first of all, I mean, you know, you've heard the stories, alligators, bears, mm-hmm. and, uh, and panthers, especially here in Florida, getting through doggy doors, mm-hmm. destroying and eating and drinking everything in a house. So, this door... Um, only opens for one if you have two dogs it has multiple dog functions so that's one thing it can open for multiple dogs you can see on the outside who's going in and out so the camera's on the outside so if your pet's in the yard you can see what's going on which i think is a a really good thing and it produces high def audio so you can figure out 
what uh, you could actually share that video, which is, I think, really nice. So you're always going to know. You can even set it from your smartphone because it all works with a smartphone like mm-hmm, most of these mm-hmm. pet tech uh, products. Mm-hmm. And that way you can give your pet times to go out. You can set the times that your dog's going to go out. Really in the yard. interesting. Yeah, that was really, really interesting. Okay, any uh, a unique product or a grouping of unique products? You know, products? yeah, I did. I mean, there was one or two things I thought was really unique, and this is this is actually you're going to laugh. It's in the shampoo category. Uh, it was by Pure Natural Pets, and they have a gluten-free shampoo. So if you have celiac disease, right, and you want to wash your pet, this shampoo has no wheat in mm. it, which I thought was kind of cool. Because everything gets absorbed into the skin. So this is a non-wheat uh, shampoo by Pure and Pet Naturals. I'm going to make sure I put a picture up so that you can see that. So, Charlotte, thank you so much for your oh, giving a and, review okay. of, of the, the Pet Trade Show. So up next, let's just say you're going to love our next guest as much as we do. We do. Mm-hmm. His name is Dr. Seth, and he is eHarmony's relationship expert. He's going to tell us why singles are looking for dog owners and those who work with animals as partners. We can't wait. Neither can you. It's going to be a good one. (laughs) So I'm kind of new here, but I've noticed a trend. My human does this funny thing where she goes around and gets all my toys, and then she hides them in that basket by the door. You know, but it's always the same basket, and it's always in the the same place. And then she acts so surprised when I find them, but, you know, she's putting them in the same basket. Again. It's like, hello, that's where you put it last time. You were the worst at hide-and-go-seek. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm petronologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, now for my I Likey of the Week. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. Okay. Just like humans, pets can be stressed. Pet parents are reducing their stress with CBD products and doing the same for Fido and Felix. Rover's Pets has a line of topicals and consumables with tinctures, bombs, and treats for dogs. The company is committed to transparency, plus their products are 100% THC-free, certified non-GMO, as well as organically grown, and that's certified too. Most of their products are kosher too. So check them out at roverspets.com. Well, according to eHarmony, single dog owners can rejoice. That cute furry friend of yours is not only your best friend, but also one of your best chances to meeting a lifelong partner. And joining us today 
to talk about how to catch a maid with a furry friend is Dr. Seth Myers, eHarmony relationship expert and clinical psychologist. He practices in Los Angeles and treats a wide range of issues and disorders and specializes in various areas, including relationships. Well, Dr. Myers, thanks for joining us today on the Pet Buzz. Thank you, Doctor. It's nice to be with you, too. We're excited to have you. You know, it's harder than ever to meet appropriate folks to date or even have long-lasting relationships. Why is it so hard today? Well, I think I think a large part of what makes it so hard for people to find a lasting relationship today, the dating culture, I think, has gotten fairly messed up by the whole swiping, the whole online app swiping culture that so many people participate in. And I think that it is one of the most negative things to ever have happened to relationships. Because I'll give you the short version. If you are on one of those apps, you know that someone is looking at your picture and in a millisecond deciding whether you have worth or not. (laughs) God, Um, so depressing. And so, you know, kind of technology is the short answer, I think. (laughs) Oh, my God, it's so depressing, isn't it? (laughs) And by the way, you know, I, as a, as a relationship expert and psychologist, work with eHarmony, and eHarmony is not a swiping app. No, and it's I'm not. I'm really proud of that. No, it's not. I mean, I'm, I remember years ago I went on eHarmony. Did you ever go on eHarmony, Dr. Fleck? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it was a long process. I had time. It was a long process. <laughs> okay, sure. you, had, you had a question for Dr. <laughs> Seth. Did. So, Dr. Seth, what prompted eHarmony? to recently conduct a singles and desirability study, and what kind of information will we find in this study? Well, eHarmony essentially wants to be a leader for people who are looking for long-term serious relationships. They want to distinguish themselves apart from all the sort of hookup apps and and whatnot. So eHarmony, because they're interested in, in helping people find lasting partnerships, You know, that means you need to get some research and find out what people really want, what people are really looking for. And so with Harris Interactive, we commissioned this research. Over a thousand people, single men and women, were interviewed. And one of the main things that we found, which was actually surprising but good, is that over 70% of these single men and women said they're actually looking for a serious relationship, not something casual. Now, of course, what I would say to these people is, then why are so many of you on these swiping apps, mm-hmm. right? Yes. If you want a serious relationship. So what a lot of people do is they, they tell themselves, oh, I do these silly swiping apps, but it's just to kill time. It's just a distraction. I know I'm not going to meet somebody. eHarmony is a place where you actually can meet people who want a serious relationship. So that's the most important finding our study found. And you know what else I really liked about the study? It was very inclusive. So you had men and women, you had straight and LGBTQ mm-hmm. individuals mentioned in the study. So it's very, very inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So if you've just joined us, we're talking with Dr. Seth about eHarmony's Singles and Desirability Study. For this show, of course, Dr. Fleck and I are interested in the pet owner and related information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what single daters are looking for a partner who owns a pet? I thought this was super interesting. It is. I I really appreciated this statistic, too. So about a third of single men and women said they find someone more desirable 
if they have a dog. I agree with that. It's interesting. So are, are you thinking that if you have a dog, it means you're more likely to have a successful long-term relationship? Yeah, they care about that pet. So that pet means more to them, and that means somebody else would mean more to them also. Well, you're also qualified because you're a baby boomer, Dr. Fleck. Oh. An old baby boomer. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) But I agree with you, though, Dr. Fleck. You know, I think the number one thing is that they are comfortable with dependence. This animal depends on you for regular daily care. And, you know, for some people, that's that's like, God, I don't want to be tied down to anything. Dog owners are comfortable with dependence. And like you said, Dr. Fleck, they also are nurturers. And they're unconditional. So, Dr. Seth, but that's why you're here to give us the 411 and analyze all this data. So I'm excited. I'm excited to do this interview. There's there's more to learn. I think so, too. And also, doctor, I just think people in general, people that have pets, are much more friendly, much more approachable, uh, much enjoyable to have a conversation with. They seem to care more about everybody else. I'm your new psychologist. Thank you. You're the new son. I know. I know. Why did I waste all those years in graduate school? My God. You just get it automatically. Okay. Well, well, I'm going to move on with a question. You know, one of the things that I thought was really interesting about this area, the study, was the area entitled Professions Desired in a Partner. Okay. So can you yeah. talk about the animal-related professions? Because I thought people will find that interesting. And, uh, and, and what they say about people looking for partners. And you can, you can like, let Dr. Seth answer the question. He gets to respond, not me? Yeah, okay, yeah, good. yeah. Okay. You're just the sidekick okay, good. in training. <laughs> <laughs> well, so overall, the, the study that eHarmony did found that the helping professions, the caring professions, are desirable. So single men and women feel like if they meet someone who is in a helping or caring profession, they find that person more desirable. Now, specifically, there are some that have to do with animals. So I'll tell you, so generally, you know, doctors, nurses, that's appealing because those are helping and caring professions. But within the the pet world, veterinarians Mm. um, are considered highly desirable. Anyone who works with animals is considered more desirable. And, um, and, and it really makes sense because if you're looking for a partner and you see, hey, this person chooses to spend 40 hours a week at least for their full-time job taking care of things or people, then maybe they can take good care of me too. Boy, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, I caught myself a veterinarian. <laughs> Even though it is one of the most difficult professions to actually it's more difficult to get into veterinary school than medical school, by the way. But it's fun. It's fun practicing. Yeah, you. I mean, you know, you paid your dues. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, I pay my dues every day. You sure do. Yeah. Okay, so here is... <laughs> I'm going to ask you one, another question, because I always found this really fascinating, and it's been a debate with people I know for years. So it involves your online picture profile that we just talked about early on. So should yes. you or should you not include your pet? If you love your pet, I think put it in one of your pictures. Why not? Just like if you have a kid and you're a single person dating and your kid's really important, why not include a picture with your kid? You know, children are a lot of work, but they can also bring you joy. But pets really bring mostly joy. 
Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And that's why we have you on the show. And that's why we have the show. And thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Seth. We appreciate you taking, of course. talking about eHarmony's Singles and Desirability Study, which can be found at eHarmony.com slash desirability hyphen study. And for more information about Dr. Seth Myers, visit drsethrelationshipexpert.com. The next time he's on, I'm going to ask if he's in a relationship. Oh, (laughs) I didn't want to ask him that on purpose. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. My name is Michelle Schaefer. I'm the mom of three boys, and I'm from Haddonfield and North Wildwood, New Jersey. I met Aladdin through my work with Lilo's Promise Animal Rescue, and I foster the emaciated dogs that come into our program. Aladdin came to us. He had been dumped at the side of the road. He weighed about 18 pounds. He had broken bones, other wounds, and he was missing 12 teeth. He was the worst abuse case I had ever seen. The most moving experience that I've had while working with Aladdin were when we were first responders at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. And Aladdin usually works off leash. He was on leash that night and he led me over to a very specific person. And here that man had been in the nightclub the night of the shootings. He and Aladdin shared a very special moment that really made me cry. Aladdin has changed the way I see the world in a million different ways. The main thing is to treat people with kindness and compassion. My name is Michelle Schaefer, and Aladdin and I are individuals. I'm petrodologist Charlotte Reed. I'm veterinarian Dr. Micah Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz, we are urban, suburban, and, and country. Well, let's kick off this segment with some global news. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. It seems that we cannot get enough of talking about racism, even if it's practiced by dogs. Mm. Now, listen to this story. It turns out that a white cleaning woman was training her replacement, who is an African-American. Both worked for a service at a Catholic church in Shelby County, Tennessee, when two women were actually turned away. Now, why are you going to say, why are they turned away? Well, it says, when they showed up, the church staff said the priest's dog was racist. Years ago, the German Shepherd, the GSD, had an unfortunate but physical encounter with a black individual. Although he warms to black folks after he gets to know them, the minister was not available at the time to put the dog in a crate. That's when one of the staff members, he had just finished up the morning sermon and was and doing and preparing some stuff and meeting with some people, so he wasn't able to put the dog in a crate. So that's when one of the staff members told Alan and Weaver, these two ladies, that the dog had a racist personality. And it wasn't meant to scare them off. It was just meant that, you know, the dog has a little problem with people of color. So although the parish staff member's choice of words was unfortunate and imprecise, it was important to note that the church said that the staff members were not motivated by, by racial overtones. As a result, the woman had urged the diocese to fully investigate the incident and pay them for compensatory damages and attorney's fees. I'm going to post this article because I really want you guys to read it and tell me if you think that animals or this or tell me what your opinion of this situation is. I mean, 
Do I think that animals can be racist? Absolutely. I mean, the animals don't like you. If you sometimes two people could walk into a room, one could have a dark hat and glasses and one doesn't. One dog could only used to be seeing a certain type of people. Right. I mean, I've had friends who have been Asian, lived in Chinatown and their dog, for the most part, lived in Chinatown, saw Asian folks and never really saw other people. And he would he would bark at white people. Yeah, there's some sometimes some selectivity and the desire for certain pets to like certain people or groups of people. But I don't think we see it in the same text that humans have. No, I mean, I don't think so. It's just the look or a feel or an experience people have. And we have to consider other things. Dogs smell, what dogs see. I mean, when we say everything becomes racist, it just gets to be, eventually we become desensitized to it. Yeah, I'm very skeptical of this. Yeah. So, um, well, this story, uh, like I said, I'm going to post it. But, you know, if you guys remember, if you've been listening to us for a while, we didn't, remember that interview we did with Slate, Dr. Flack? Mm Mm-hmm about dogs being racist. So mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure we post that, too. Okay. Okay, so let's move on with more of the show. Well, you know, the mainstay of population control for dogs and cats is surgical sterilization via ovariohysterectomy and orchiectomy. But there are also non-surgical forms of contraception that can also help population control. Joining us today to talk about non-surgical forms of contraception for dogs and cats is Joyce Briggs, the president of the Alliance for Contraception in Dogs and Cats. Thank you so much for joining us on the Peppas this morning, Joyce. We're happy to have you. Thank you, Charlotte. Dr. Fleck, I'm glad to be here. Well, before we get started, can you talk to us about your organization, the Alliance for Contraception in Dogs and Cats, or I'm sorry, in Cats and Dogs? (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Um, ACCND is a nonprofit with a very specific focus, and that is advancing the availability of non-surgical fertility control for dogs and cats. And we are we are truly an alliance. We're founded by uh, animal welfare advocates and scientists. And while we're very animal welfare centric, we're led by animal health pharma professionals and scientists. Joyce, can you explain to our listening audience what is non-surgical sterilization for cats and dogs? Sure. Well, there is no single treatment available now, but it's a category of approaches, many still in research and development. And the, the aim of it is to be able to effectively and humanely manage dog and cat populations around the world, improving their lives and the lives of the people who care about them. Interesting. So why should pet owners and communities be open to non-surgical forms of contraception for their pets? Well, there's a big hunger out there because, you know, one of our best ways of preventing unwanted litters is by making sure that they aren't born. Um, And in order to do that, the only option we have right now is surgical sterilization. Um, That can be a wonderful tool, but in many cases, it's really difficult to deliver. You know, you need a very skilled surgeon, you need a special location, and it can be expensive for many people to access. And that's for owned pets. When you look at shelters, where much of my career has been spent, it can be very difficult for shelters to sterilize all the homeless animals that come into their care. So I think people are very eager for something that is less invasive and is more affordable and can be deployed um, into the field, actually, you know, doesn't need a, a special surgical suite. 
Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Joyce Briggs, president of the Alliance for Contraception in Cats and Dogs, about non-surgical methods of sterilization. Is there a worldwide interest in this matter, and who's interested? You know, there certainly is, Charlotte. Um, And if you think about it, worldwide, there are a number of different cultures, um, many of them, most of them, that, that, that enjoy owning dogs and cats. There's a lot of this for pets, many in, in countries where there is um, a lot of opposition to surgical mm-hmm. sterilization. And beyond that, there are a lot of free-roaming animals around the world with very few people able to um, provide surgery for them. In some nations, the, the veterinary resources for small animal surgery are very limited, and their veterinarians are mostly focused on, on livestock. Another area that's really interested in this is the public health officials that are trying to prevent the spread of rabies. Now, dogs are the primary vector for rabies, and young boys are the highest risk population for contracting rabies from dogs. We address that by large-scale vaccination programs. If you just think about it, though, if you're going to vaccinate for rabies, all the free-roaming dogs every year, the more you can prevent new litters of puppies being born, all that are unvaccinated, by far the better. Makes a lot of sense. Can you discuss a few options for the dogs and cats? Yeah, well, in the United States, there's not much available right now. I really, there's, there's pretty, our only option really is surgery. But in Europe, there's a very popular product called Suprelerin. It's for male dogs only, and it, it, there's two doses. It's an implant and lasts about a year. It downregulates the hormones um, so that they behave like a like a, a castrated dog would, a neutered dog would, and that can be repeated at the end of the year. And we should see that here probably in the next couple of years. Beyond that, a lot of what we're work looking at is in research and development because our priorities are are really that we have something that's permanent, not that last something that lasts a year, that is good for males and females, dogs and cats and that we can deliver in a single injection or treatment. That's the grail of what we're looking at, and there's quite a lot of research going on in that area now. Well, Joyce, this is really very interesting and something I think is going to be very important as we move forward. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. And there's a lot more on our website if your listeners are interested in more of the details or seeing presentations on the very research I've described. Well, everyone, that was Joyce Briggs, the president of the Alliance for Contraception and Cats and Dogs. For more information, visit acc-d.org. Well, there it is, signifying it's time to wrap up the show. You heard that bell. Again. I know, again. But before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. So next week, we're going to talk about back to school and how that affects pets. Mm -hmm. Uh, The most exclusive place for dogs in Washington, Mm D.C. And I didn't know this, but it is National Will Month. Hmm. We're going to talk about some trust in estates and planning for your pets. Good plan for our listeners. I think so. Dr. Fleck, before we go, can you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Dr. Angelus, Dr. Seth, and Joyce Briggs. And, of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Now, if you have a question, write us at team at petbuzz.com and we'll cover it on our next show. And if you missed any portion of the show... 
Visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the Link Podcast on Monday morning. But most importantly, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. Sure, I'm a little rough and tough. Somebody's got to me. I like the outdoors, camping, boating, riding in your truck with my head out the window. Yeah, I'll poop outside. Doesn't everyone? A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple. And it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie, who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com.